0: You know, I just realized since this is the epilogue, I didn't have like the traditional show notes up, so I don't have our traditional intro. Uh, Let's see Um, if I can do it from memory. Here we go. Broadcasting glorious purpose across the interdimensional airwaves. I'm a Loki variant with numbers and letters. And I'm Lorraine, uh,
1: Loki variant RVJM91.
0: Oh, and I'm Bo. I should have probably also mentioned my name to hey, everybody, but it's the epilogue. Nobody listens to the epilogue for the first time. No, like this should not be anybody's first episode of the podcast. Yeah, you, that would be crazy. Yeah. But that's that's the thing. It's the epilogue. The multiverse is saved. Uh, you know, so that's that's all great. But we were sitting back, you know, over the holidays, or kicking back and enjoying uh some fun, some family, some food, and all of a sudden a light bulb went off. In the mind of one low rain uh co-host of Loki TV Talk and creator of Taylor Watch, uh something something occurred to her, a glaring misstep. Because, as you recall, on our final episode of the Loki TV Talk podcast, uh we had to Kind of come up with basically nothing for the final Taylor watch, which was rough because Taylor watch has been such a beloved feature of the uh, short lived Loki TV talk podcast series. And yet it seemed at a time at that time, there was no uh, real legit, you know, Taylor Swift reference that could be used except there was, and that's going to bring us to the most important, and the reason we came back for an epilogue episode. Taylor, watch. It's me, I... No. Rain. Um.
1: Yes. I. I just. I just want to go ahead and apologize to all the listeners out there for my just, just glaring omission of an extremely obvious Taylor watch that happened in the season slash series finale. Um, I watched it twice and I missed it both times. And I just want to say I have failed you all and I'm here to set the record straight. Wow. In the season finale, he who remains is talking to Loki and Loki keeps, you know, trying to uh, re redo the scene with Sylvie. He's talking to He Who Remains. He's getting frustrated. And He Who Remains says to him, Shake it off. And as we who know a lot about Miss Taylor Swift, Dr. Taylor Swift, wow.
0: Wow. Wow.
1: her number one Billboard charting song is called Shake It Off. Wow. It was Even I know the that. most. It was the most obvious Taylor Swift reference we have seen all season, and I just want to apologize, and I just want you all to know that there was a true Taylor watch in the finale. Wow,
0: wow, uh, Lorraine! Uh, on behalf of the millions of Swifties uh, who have written into the show because of the atrocity that was this misstep on your part, uh, uh, there your your fan credit, your Swifty credit. Uh, Score—it's not been totally revoked, but let's just say you've got a lot of work to do. Um, I
1: mean, I did get my Spotify wrapped yesterday, and she was my top artist of the year, but I was only in her top two percent of listeners. Yeah, yeah. listen, there's so bad I've got blood room here. to grow.
0: There's bad blood here. Wow, a lot of bad blood. Um, uh, you will not be speaking with any London boys anytime soon. <laughs> um, uh, the fairy tale, fairy tale love story, Romeo Juliet. Uh, <laughs> other taylor swift reference anyway the point is that you you should you you should feel very very bad about what you have done to the swifty community and i for one uh, accept my responsibility in this part i also put the podcast out without fact checking with the swifties which is something that we should have done frankly it's uh it's unfortunate that we did not do that and here's here's my defense or here's my defense of lorraine because i i i have no defense here i i it's not my role. You know what I mean? Like, it's not my, I surely shouldn't be blamed. I really, the fact that I'm even taking on some of the blame is, it's quite admirable, really. I mean, the Swifties should probably embrace that and see me as something of a, of an anti-hero, if you will. Uh, but here's the thing. Lorraine is so much a Swifty. She only looks for the deep cuts, the surface level oh. stuff. She's like, she's not on the surface. No, no, no. She's not she's not floating up here. You know, she's not she's not in that top, you know, not not even it's not top tier in terms of like, you know, references here. It's just like it's the stuff that everybody gets. No, she's about the deep cuts. She's looking deep. She wasn't expecting there to be something for the average Joe or Jane on the streets. Mind you, she was actually looking for those deep cuts. She was doing the work for you, Swifties. So really um, consider that in your weight of whether or not she uh, should still be seen as one of you. And as you work to uh, restore your credit, your Swifty credit, Lorraine, I just want you to know that the Loki community will always be here for you and supporting you uh, every step of the way. Thank you. And I would have worked a lot more Taylor Swift references into that spiel, but I I don't know enough to do that. So that's what you got.
1: Well, hopefully you'll all all just let me get away in a getaway car. There it is.
0: There it is. Good job. Good job. We got it. All right. Well, there you go. So there's your uh, there's your Taylor watch up front. We actually do have a few things that we wanted to talk about. Uh, First of all, just the series as a whole, you know, as as we've now had kind of some uh, time to reflect on what's happened and there's been, you know, like I think overall we talked about this, but when you stick the landing, it goes a long way to solidifying a movie, a television series in kind of like very high regard. It could be like a very well executed series, but if you don't stick the landing in that finale, Then it's just wasted on the mindset of the fan community. But if it's kind of a rocky on and off again, on and off again, but then you end up sticking the landing, it becomes this beloved and treasured thing. What was Loki? Was Loki like just nothing but straight bangers throughout? Or was it a bit of a rocky road to get to one of the greatest finales in the history of the Marvel Cinematic Disney Plus universe?
1: I feel like season two was kind of a rocky road. I mean, Mm. I feel like a lot of things happened that we didn't really get wrapped up and they were just kind of thrown in there to take us on a wild ride. Uh, But we don't really care because it did stick the landing so well. I haven't rewatched seasons one and two together. Have you gone through that process yet?
0: No, I've been wanting to. I'm I'm kind of waiting so that um, my wife has the opportunity so I can binge it with her. We just recently got done binging the entirety of Downton Abbey, which by the way, there will be a my a a a youtube tv talk youtube video from me explaining why i think downton abbey was the best competitor that the mcu had had they created the downton abbey cinematic universe that's coming so just as a putting that out there so be sure to subscribe to our youtube channel for that but uh no i i have not uh, had the opportunity to do that yet but i plan on it
1: because i i think it'd be interesting to go back and see how because you know they had it all planned out from the beginning right Clearly. So it'd be interesting to go back and see other things that are connected between seasons one and seasons two
0: it It is interesting because I do feel as though when you've got something like that where you've got kind of a clear vision of where you want to end up. It, it was clear that Loki wanted to put kind of create the concept of the Loki verse, right? like to 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 turn the MCU in this multiversal. Uh, through this multiversal lens into what is kind of becoming the Loki verse, which includes all of the different movies, television shows, or at least, you know, even if it's not, you know, like for example, Sam Raimi's Spider-Man trilogy, it might not be that Sam Raimi's Spider-Man trilogy trilogy exists in the Lokiverse. However, there's a Lokiverse like timeline where that trilogy where something very similar to that trilogy exists. If that makes sense, you know what I mean? Like it, it might not be exact, but it's neighboring so close that it might as well count so that we can get Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man and pull him in, you know what I mean? And, and the various X-Men characters and the various, honestly, X-Men timelines that we've seen over the last 20 years now exist within the Loki-verse, one assumes. And I think that what we'll see with the upcoming Deadpool movie will really explore that, that concept. So yeah, so they had this idea, like how do we get Loki on the throne? How do we actually take him from this you know, failed conqueror to literal god of the universe, like our our multiverse, I should say. In the midst of that, it's like, well, hey, what if we do like a weird corporate cult-like entity of the TVA as kind of the the bridge? And that's a weird bridge. You know what I mean? Like to go from Avengers conqueror or failed conqueror Loki to god of the multiverse, it's just a really weird bridge. But I don't know, maybe because it's a weird bridge, it, it requires having kind of some weird steps along the way. Season one was tight. I, I mean, like, I th- I think mm-hmm. if you look at that season overall, it was a tight season. It got to where exactly it needed to go. It built up the tension. Every single bit of the episodes and the story we got was used. You know what I mean? There wasn't mm-hmm. anything that was kind of like left on, uh, left on the field, left on the cutting room floor. It was just, it was all very much there. Whereas with season two, season two got the reward of the big moment they were building to. And it got some very interesting moments. The first episode was extremely good quality. I mean, honestly, the, throughout there's a lot of really uh, quality episodes, but there's a little bit of a disjointedness to them. Miss Minutes wanting to be the girlfriend of Victor Timely was a little out of nowhere, right? Like, and yeah, unresolved. Like the concept of like, hey, what if Miss Minutes is totally unhinged? Okay, cool. But then it's like, does she have a story or is it just here's Miss Minutes and she's totally unhinged? And the same is kind of true to Victor Timely, right? It's like, oh, what if the Victor Timely variant is kind of this, you know, crazed, uh, kind of weird, ultra nerdy version of He Who Remains. And, you know, it has all this knowledge, but is also kind of a charlatan. You're always kind of questioning whether or not he's legit or if he's just kind of, you know, using somebody else's stuff. Okay, cool but does he have a story? You know what I mean? Like, so all of these side characters, not to, you know, you think about B-15 or uh, Casey, have no stories. Like, you know what I mean? Like, despite this idea that at the end of the series, Loki became what a lot of the fans, not me personally, but a lot of the fans have kind of put on him as the God of stories to connect with the, the version from the comics. For that being the case, this series was really, or at least season two anyway, was honestly just Loki's story. Sylvie doesn't really have a story in this. Mobius doesn't really have a story in this. Casey B fifteen, uh, uh, Ouroboros, like all of them don't really have their own critical arcs. I mean, don't get me wrong. You could sit back and do a little digging, and I'm sure yes, you can piece you can piece kind of some components into arcs. But compared to really what Loki's arc was, they don't really have that. And I'll add this too. we are introduced throughout this season to not are in season two. Not only are we given a bunch of characters that don't really have fully realized stories or arcs, but we're also introduced to new characters who have absolutely Mm -hmm. they might actually have a little bit of an arc, but it feels kind of so wasted Uh, with X 23 or whatever dude's name was brad was brad's five like brad we're introduced to brad and he's just another hunter and he wants to be on the timeline but then they get him back and then he sides with Renslayer. but then renslayer is gone and then we don't what what even is brad you know what i mean like we gave like he's had his an entire episode dedicated to him and yet we don't know much about him we don't know where he ended up frankly we don't care because i don't think anybody was really like going hard for you know let's let's make sure that we really follow where brad's going So, I don't know. It was just a little bizarre at the end of it.
1: Do you think there's uh, any characters from season two that we'll see again? And their purpose was just setting up, this is the character that you'll see again? Like, is Miss Minutes going to come out with Kang in the future?
0: I would be shocked if we did not see Miss Minutes again in the future. I think that I think, and we'll we'll get to some of the news here in just a moment. But I, I think that given that the creative teams behind seasons one and two will be working on the Avengers film, it's it's crazy to me if we don't see Miss Minutes specifically, and obviously Renslayer. Those are kind of the two characters that are probably the most likely to po- pop back up as part of the you know the multiversal saga conclusion. Um, we may very well see with. You know, a lot of the rumors about Dr. Doom taking more of a central role as opposed to Kang. It's possible that Renslayer will then facilitate whatever Kang would have been uh, from, you know, just kind of piecing into that story to set up Dr. Doom as opposed to setting up a Kang. You know, she could betray him. I mean, like, who knows? We'll have to kind of see where it goes. But yeah, no, I, I would say that Miss Minutes is definitely coming back. I, I Same thing with Renslayer. B or X. Ex- five X-Fract. and yeah and renegade judge lady that's definitely not sylvie and i was totally wrong on that theory that was a wrong stab in the dart uh i if i had to put money on it those characters felt like like we're setting something up for deadpool mm, you know what i mean like because we know that Deadpool is going to be very TVA focused in some regards, or at least it's going to have a large, like the TVA is going to play a large role in Deadpool three. And how, we wait, Mobius- how do we know
1: that? I didn't know that.
0: Oh, did you not? Mm-mm. Oh, okay. Spoilers for Deadpool.
1: <laughs> That's exciting.
0: Yeah. Okay. So I know that. I, how do you feel about um, over the top comedic violence?
1: <sighs> I don't like violence um i don't don't like gore at all i can't watch like game of thrones or anything like that logan for me whoo i would not watch that again but uh i like deadpool i think it's funny okay (laughs) so so you have seen deadpool yeah i've seen both deadpools
0: okay then you know so at the end of deadpool 2 he gets the the time thing and he goes around he's jumping around the timeline it's like the post credit Uh scene. okay like he gets it he saves his wife And he's like, we're definitely naming our kids share. And then he uses the thing and then he goes back (laughs) in time and he stops Ryan Reynolds from, you know, uh, from becoming Green Lantern. And then he goes and he kills the uh, an old variant of Wolverine that was not popular. And then he has baby Hitler and he's trying to figure out what to do with baby Hitler. So the idea is that after Deadpool 2, he's going around and he's using the time thing and he's messing up all these timelines which is exactly the kind of thing the TVA would want a word about. You know what I mean? Mm And so uh, I believe the concept is that Mobius will be, uh, I don't know if the TVA is going to recruit Deadpool to help eradicate some fringe timelines. That's been a theory. Or if it's because of his actions, the TVA is hunting him down to make him a variant. You know what I mean? Uh, And we'll end up kind of putting him in the main Marvel universe when it's all when it's all said and done or the the sacred timeline shall we say so yeah i think it's going to be it i think the deadpool 3 movie seems to be a lot of how do we incorporate a lot of these fox x-men movies into the mcu and the tva once again is that bridge to get us there and so yeah mobius will be uh very much in deadpool 3 and i have a feeling that renegade, Dr- Dr- renegade judge who feels like She can be played for laughs as kind of an over-the-top, you know, snidely whiplash type would make sense. And then Brad, who just seems to have like a very kind of, you know, punchable type of energy, you know what I mean? Like would Mm -hmm. be a very good foil for Deadpool. So I have just, I I can see that throughout the season, they felt like additions that were there not for season two of Loki, but for Deadpool specifically.
1: Yes. Well, now I'm extra excited for Deadpool because I didn't know anything. I just knew there's gonna be another movie. So, yay! Going. And Wolverine's gonna be in it.
0: Oh man! So maybe Loki TV Talk will become TVA TV Talk TVA. TV wow.
1: Talk. Yes, Loki TVA <laughs> Talk.
0: We might have to come back for Deadpool. then that sounds that sounds good. um But you know, what? hey, I uh, I referenced it. And uh, let's let's talk about it. So the, the showrunners for season one and two um, are on uh, Kang Dynasty and Secret Wars. Now, it's no new news that the first um, that Michael Walden, uh, who is the showrunner for season one, was already going to be working on Secret Wars. However, now he's been moved to Kang Dynasty as well. Along with that, it was just recently uh, announced a couple of hours ago that Eric Martin, who is the uh, head writer for season two, will also be in the writer's room for uh, these Avengers movies as well. It's notable because to me, this feels very similar to what they did with uh, the first three phases of the Infinity Saga uh, on Marvel, because of course, the Russo brothers who did quite well with uh, Winter Soldier and if I'm remembering correctly with uh, Civil War. Uh, after Civil War, I think that's when they were about, about the times that they were working on Civil War, they were given the green lights and kind of tapped to be the ones to bring us Infinity Saga and or Infinity War as well as in-game, because they were able to manage these various characters and their you know plot lines, and their arcs very, very well. Here we've got a multiversal, a multi, you know, a, a time traveling multiversal story that has worked really solid and as we mentioned already, stuck to landing. Is it as tight? As some of the things we've seen the Russo brothers do, I would argue no, but nothing post end game has been as tight as what the Russo brothers has d- have done, except, except for guardians of the galaxy volume three. And as we all know, James Gunn is not coming back. <laughs> he came back to finish the work and he is done with Marvel. So he, he he's gone, but that's okay. I think that all things considered, if you look at what the post in game MCU has been, this seems to be the best possible move for them, but I don't know. What do you think, Lorraine? Do you think they'll be able to pull it off?
1: I have lots of faith. I've I like what I've seen so far. So they seem to have a good direction and I'm I'm excited. I was was pleased to hear the news.
0: It does seem like they are I mean like you know as has been mentioned before that if given the 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 commitment to Loki and kind of to the Loki creative team it helps build off of what has been one of the most popular corners of the franchise right now. And we'll hopefully, hopefully play more and more into that for this big, you know, wrap up of, I mean, what's been a little bit of a rough, rough era. I mean, the, the, the reality is, is the showrunner for season one of Loki while season one was incredible. He also wrote multiverse of madness, which frankly was not my favorite, but I don't know. Did you, what were your thoughts on that one?
1: Multiverse of Madness?
0: Yeah, Dr. Strange Honestly, is a I
1: get it. I always get it confused with Quantumania. Um, ooh, ooh, I think it's ooh. I know. I know. I think it's cuz they're both movies I was like really excited about and then I yeah. was a little disappointed by. Yeah, I think just the title Multiverse of Madness made me think like this is going to be the best movie I've ever seen. And then it was like Wanda and I I don't know.
0: It was so unfortunate because WandaVision was so good. And then they just, and like, I, you know, I've said this before, but I have no problem with Wanda being a, a villain. She's a villain in the comics. She's been both villain and hero. So I have no problem with her going the villainous arc, but it was, you know, you mentioned game of Thrones earlier. It was very Danny at the end of game of Thrones where like, sure. Like she's been through a lot, but. She's going to go this evil this quick kind of out of nowhere? Like this feels out yeah. of nowhere. Like it's not that we can't get behind her as like a big villain, but you know, I don't know. I mean at the at the same time she was a villain in WandaVision and but the way in which we as an audience are encouraged to view her story is with sympathy in WandaVision and then we're immediately told to stop doing that in multiverse of madness and that's too jarring for an audience even if you can make the argument that she was on that villainous path and this is the direct continuation and the dark hold and everything else fine but we as an audience weren't brought along with that path and that's it's a it's a relationship between the viewer and and the and the story but yeah so i i I don't know i just don't know i i that's that's the one thing when i read that i was like oh really multiverse of madness i mean it's not the worst of the mcu mcu movies lately but it's it's certainly not the ones that, that one of the ones that gives me the most confidence.
1: Was that one that was a victim of COVID? Like they had to do some rewrites, some timeline moving around. Yeah, it was I mean, not really fair, supposed to be Wanda as the villain.
0: This entire era of films that we're still in is victim or are victims of COVID. So, I'm of the mindset that the sooner we wrap up the multiversal saga, the better, because we kind of do yeah. need like a you know a fresh start <laughs> and, you know, with with new movies and new ideas and new takes on things. And, and even like, if you reimagine some of these characters, let's, let's reimagine some of these characters. It's, it's not fair that like you got Chris Evans over here and he's having to like, you know, constantly maintain some sort of captain America physique just in case he needs a payday. Like we need to just go <laughs> ahead and get a new captain America. So the man can have a cheeseburger. That's all. That's all I want. I yeah. just want Chris Evans to have a cheeseburger. All right. Last bit of news, last bit of news. And then, uh, and then we'll wrap it up here. But, um, This kind of broke my heart a little bit uh so we're here in the middle of the holiday season and in recent years marvel started doing their you know marvel presents with the werewolf by night and then also the the greatest uh christmas special of all time the guardians christmas special and they've just announced they're not going to do that anymore and i gotta tell you with i i do understand the desire to cut back content and that's been kind of there's been some fan pressure on them to do that kind of thing but i have cut back some other things and kept more of these Marvel presents because they've been delightful.
1: You know, I never watched Werewolf by Night, but I really liked the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special.
0: And the music was great. The great thing about Werewolf by Night is that it doesn't it it like it exists in the MCU and it uses like Marvel characters, but it's unnecessary. Like it's not it's connected but not like connected if that makes sense.
1: I think that's maybe why I didn't watch it, because it seems like it was entertainment only. And I wanted to, like, you know, they connected push the story ahead. And I heard the Guardians of the Galaxy was maybe important, like the holiday one. It maybe told you a little bit you needed to know. And it did. And I watched it for that reason. So I don't like to just be entertained. You know, I also you want, <laughs> you also want, you want the want.
0: homework assignment.
1: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> And I'm glad because it was really good.
0: I mean, to be fair, if you think about when Werewolf by Night came out, there was still that mindset of the homework assignment and trying to like make sure that you're 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 checking all the boxes that you have to, and so you have to prioritize certain things. I get that. But I do want to also think that like in the post like post Kang dynasty, I think people are gonna want to go to more like they can exist in the same universe, but they don't have to be building towards the same story. And I think that, and which I would be kind of nice to some extent that you'd be able to be a little bit more picks and pick and choosy. And that way you you wouldn't have, you know, the, I think that Marvel has tried over this last past era to diversify its content with a goal of bringing in new audiences. And I think that's a good thing, but I think the problem is when you, you tell the existing audience that, by the way, this is also required viewing for you, but it's also not necessarily made for you. And you do, you communicate that in a way that's gonna put them off. It's not the best way to manage your brand. I think you can still have like these separate movies and separate kind of with their their own personal goals that don't have to communicate this larger story uh, that works out really, really well and can be, you know, a crossover hit that everybody enjoys. I think it's just the general homework assignment nature of it. We as an audience over the last 20 years, I think I'm a little burned out by that. So something like Werewolf by Night. Which admittedly does communicate more to, you know, if you're like more of a kind of a pulp horror genre type person, which admittedly I'm typically not, but I still found it really fun for a you know, for a Halloween movie. You know, it wasn't like overly gory or anything like that. It was all black and white. So that kind of made it more fun and, and kind of of the era. And then at the end of the day, they introduce or they bring in a, a character from the comics that I never thought they would actually bring in to the MCU. And a kind of a fun way that doesn't necessarily matter and that's okay so yeah um i was a fan of the marvel presents r.i.p we'll see what ends up happening
1: yeah i'm still of the like my i'm glad i watched what if but i'm like always trying to bring in more what if because i'm like there has to be a reason that i watched what if because it's (laughs) it's also so like I don't know. Dramatic. It's and fun. It's kind of what disturbing. if it was amazing? The zombie one? It's so disturbing.
0: Okay. That one was not.
1: The zombie one was fun. It, <laughs> Doctor the, the Strange. The disturbing one was, I was about bubble. to say,
0: Doctor Strange. Yes. That was disturbing. Yes.
1: I think I had some weird dreams after that one. I'm like, there has to be a reason I had those weird dreams. Like, we've got to bring in the Watcher. Like, we have to. <laughs> and, and, and something else. So, I'm like... Season 2 it's got to have maybe they'll uh, do a TVA episode. Honestly, if we're talking about just entertainment value, I love all the stuff at the TVA.
0: That was great. So. No, I mean like I more TVA. I think it's it's great that by the end of this we were able to figure out a way to keep the TVA uh in the picture while also, you know, making the fascist cult into like a cool fascist cult. <laughs> you know i mean?
1: like, I'm not a regular fascist cult. I'm yeah. A cool fascist cult.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Good. Good on them. mean
1: girls, the TVA. <laughs> There's a crossover.
0: Yeah. I'd pay money for that. Mm-hmm. Well, there you go. That's our epilogue episode for the Loki season two. Hope you enjoyed it. Hey, uh, crew of Loki, by the way, Uh little, little, little fun. things to show off. We got our throws together. We started working on them over the, uh, the holiday and, so if you'll be coming down to New Orleans for Chewbacca's uh, be sure to look out for the crew of Loki and we will we, we will hook you up like call call out Loki TV talk. If if we hear Loki TV talk when when we're, we're making sure you're getting one. <laughs> oh, yeah. But anyway, that is going to do it for us for uh, today and uh, and for all time and all that kind of good stuff. Uh, we hope that you've enjoyed this series. If you would like more from us, let us know. Uh, of course, as I mentioned before, be sure to check out the uh, the TV Talk YouTube channel. There's also the TV Talk uh, podcast. It's the larger podcast. If you go to tvtalk.fm, that's going to have your links there that you have for all that good stuff. That's going to do it for us for today. But until next time.
1: For all time. Always.